Sometimes it only takes a few moments in their presence to experience the unique special of a person. That is exactly how I would describe our guest today. Singer-songwriter Blessing Offer may be familiar from his time as a contestant on The Voice. His infectious joy and voice just draws you in like a familiar friend. So I have high hopes that you'll find yourself with a big old smile on your face by the end of this conversation. But that's not because life has been easy for Blessing. Honestly, quite the opposite. He was born in Nigeria, the youngest of six siblings with glaucoma in his left eye. And then at the age of six, his parents sent him to the United States in hopes of better medical care. And then several years later, in like a backyard water gun accident, he lost his sight in his other eye. Even still, the joy of the Lord radiates through blessing. You can hear it in all of his music and in hearing him share his stories. We hope you enjoy our conversation today with Blessing Offer. Well, Blessing, welcome to the morning conversation. Thank you, Stan. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Getting ready this morning, I'm like, what are all the 50,000 ways things I can ask him about <laughs> do I want to ask him about <laughs> I'm this I'm an open morning? book, to be honest, yeah. so go for it. Yeah, all kinds of things to talk about. First of all, I guess one of the things that we always like to do kind of right off the bat is get to know you as a brother in Christ, right? You're all kinds of things, but uh, you also know Jesus. So we'd love to hear kind of briefly your testimony, how you came to to know and love Jesus. You know, I I think I would say I'm one of the lucky ones. My dad, uh, even in Nigeria, he was the first Christian in his very large extended family. So wow. we grew up, um, you know, just you know, John three sixteen when we were two years old, you know right. what I mean? So I, I always, you know, it's weird to think, I, I don't know that I have a like moment yep. just because I, I was brought up in it, but I, I remember having as a, as a teenager and in college, like the question moments where I'm like, why do I believe this? Is this yes. just something my dad gave me? And like, so I dug deep into the theology and I went, I went uh, searching, so to speak, like, uh, me and God meet intellectually. I'm a, like a brain thinker kind of guy. So I found like Tim Keller and, and all these guys that were really, really good at, you know, just showing you that God doesn't shy away from questions. Hmm. Um, and I love that. And, yeah. and it's funny because I feel like a lot of people are afraid to ask questions, but like when you ask tough questions and find that there are answers to those tough questions it only strengthens your faith in my humble opinion so yeah i I think i went through a phase of owning the relationship for myself Hmm. um and that was formative for me as much as i would say somebody who had like a moment of like this is when i became a believer just because it's one thing to to walk in your parents footsteps it's another thing to say oh no, no no i want these for my own i want these this belief, this faith, this way of life, this understanding of God and who he is, like, I want that to be mine. So, you know, for me, that was the 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 moment where I think I became like an adult mm. Christian, so to speak, mm. you know? Yeah. So you come to know Jesus in a home that was filled with him, his presence through your, yes, your dad initially. Um, what would you say was a time maybe that as you kind of start walking your faith out yourself, that your faith was the most challenged where you were just like, mm. <clears throat> like, what is this? Yeah. Do I, yeah. Do I, <laughs> what is this? And do I really believe this based on right. whatever I'm grappling with at the moment? You know, it's funny. Like, so I'm from Nigeria. I, 
you know, it, Nigeria is a majority Muslim country. My uncles and cousins are Muslims or, or other. Um, being around people with other beliefs was normal for me. So that, that I think that might be for others, like a moment of challenge. Right. But we always learn just like, you know, the world is wide and varied and beautiful and there's like grace throughout it. So if you see something beautiful somewhere else, it doesn't mean God is wrong. It just means like God is so good as to put elements of beauty throughout the world. Mm-hmm. So um, I, th- I think that for me, the, the, the difficulty or the moments where things were hard tended to come when I would watch people go through hard things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. And it's funny because even, even as the questions would come, the answers would also come. Hmm. Um, just, just being from where I'm from, um, you know, you'd say, God, why is it blah, 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 you know what I mean? And immediately you're, you know, if you have walked enough with God and have, have seen enough and been through enough, you know that there are reasons. I think the hardest thing is to know that those reasons may or may not satisfy you. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, and, and those reasons may or may not feel good. Hmm. You know what I mean? We, we love feelings. You know? <laughs> it's like, and sometimes it doesn't feel good. And that's okay. It doesn't mean God is, it certainly doesn't mean God is wrong. You know what I mean? It just means your momentary feelings aren't good. And that's, I think, one of those things that's like uh, tough for, especially the culture we're in to grasp is that it's okay if something doesn't feel good. Mm. doesn't mean it's wrong or not good for you. It just doesn't feel good. And guess what? Like maybe three weeks later, your feelings will change and maybe it won't. And that's okay. You know? mm-hmm. So, you know, blessing, you're talking about, uh, you know, some of the biggest grapplings with faith for you were yes. watching other people suffer. It was interesting to me that you didn't go towards your own kind of grappling with suffering in the sense of, yes. so you lost your sight when you were, yeah. what, what age? I know you, you were, like, as a child, you were struggling with eyesight problems. Yeah. Lost, yes, lost yeah, your yeah. sight at what age? 11, 12-ish, yeah. right? right, Kind of towards the end of elementary school. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, for me, <laughs> when I talk about, quote unquote, my story, yeah. <laughs> like capital M, capital S, you know, mm-hmm. my story, I, yeah. always, I always try to not make it sound heroic mm. or like I, I, I try really hard to not make it sound like this triumphant look at me thing per se. You know what I mean? Because it's like, it's easy to to hear a story and and think, oh man, that's such a cool story. And stories are really great to tell after the fact. You know what I mean? But when I say, you know, stories are hard. Stories are hard. Like in the moments when I lost my vision, there was a lot of wrestling. You know what I mean? Um, and 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 so afterward, when I can say to people, yeah, I came out of that with a stronger faith. I always try really hard to not make that seem like a simple thing. Like, uh, look at me, I went through something hard and I came out stronger. Woo. You know hmm. what I mean? It, but it's hard to say to somebody, Hey, there were hard nights and tears and wrestling. And, you know, when I say my faith is stronger, it doesn't mean everything magically became peachy keen. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it does mean that there's a foundation under me that nothing can take away. You know what I mean? And, and like, it's a, it's a, it's just my greatest hope to never have it sound flippant or 
or um, immodest. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm always really careful when I tell quote unquote my story, because I think people feel like their story has to have this awesome, happy ending mm. or this immediate gratification moment or, you know, just some bow on it. And, you know, I think my story has a bow on it, <laughs> but like, I don't, I don't want that bow to look so shiny that it almost, it almost like makes anybody jealous. Yeah. But the you thing, I mean? the, because, thing the thing's so interesting though, blessing you say that your yeah. story has a, has a bow on it, but yet you didn't yeah. get your sight back. Right. Some, I did. Exactly. There, there'd, be, exactly. there'd be plenty of people would say you, you don't have a bow in that sense. Cause that's what they would be kind of holding out for, you know? And, and I would say to those people that like, the bow, you know, <laughs> the bow on my story is that God's will ultimately was done. And that when you embrace that understanding, then from that flows joy. Yeah. And from that joy flows, you know, the, the, the higher level, you know, the shallower level, the happiness, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you have joy and then you're happy and then you go, okay, cool. God, put me here for a reason. What can I do? And then I get to tell the story. Right. And I, I hopefully get to tell the story in a way again, that doesn't seem flippant or easy or casual, but in a way that hopefully is like, Hey, here's my humble little story. Hmm. Um, in a way that doesn't trivialize whatever anybody else is going through, you know, but also in a way that goes, Hey, listen, God is listening, even if his answer to your prayer is not yeah. your answer to your prayer. Yeah. You know? Again, I love that part of your story of the reality of the fact that, uh, you know, I would think there were plenty of nights where you were praying, asking God to spare your sight, right? hundred percent. Oh my God. And your yes. parents were praying for you to, to your, for your sight to be spared. And it wasn't. Yes, sir. But to be mm -hmm. able to go, that's why I love your story. And it's so inspirational and encouraging <laughs> because it's like, no, if I, if I stay in there and I keep trusting yes. God, like yep. even in the midst of something that didn't work out quite the way that I wanted it to, he's got yeah. it good for me in it. If I'll just hold yes. on to him, you know? Well, it's like in Hebrews, right? When they do the, and by faith, so-and-so, and by faith, right? And and that small synopsis, by faith, Abraham, by faith. So it, it like glorifies that story, right? But if you go back and read the story, it was a really messy story, do you know? So when you synopsize the Abraham story, you go, and by faith, Abraham went into the land of Canaan, hmm. right? You go, that's such a cool guy. Like he just did it, right? <laughs> but like when you read the actual story, like it was messy and ups and downs and he made his wife pretend to be his sister. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> he's a messy guy. Yeah. And so it's like, um, I always try to make sure that the reality of, everything I've been through doesn't get boiled down to, and by faith, Blessing lost his vision and became a musician and look at him go. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> that's like the ta-da story, but that that's not serving anybody who hears it, who then goes, well, I should be able to do that. How come I'm not mm. X, Y, Z? You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. God is always at work among us. Krista knew what she was doing with her friends wasn't right, but she continued to make choices in search of her friend's approval. Then Krista was challenged with a different way to live by the Todd Becker Foundation, a ministry based in Kearney. At their recent evening outreach event, they shared the gospel with Krista and explained that Jesus was calling her away from the pressures to be popular and into a personal daily walk with Him. 
Although Krista acknowledged she was on the wide road that leads to destruction, she couldn't imagine choosing the narrow road at the expense of losing acceptance. The Todd Becker team acknowledged, yes, living for Jesus on this earth is challenging, but living sinfully for this world has a much higher price in the end, in eternity. The truth finally sunk in. The narrow road was the only road that leads to life. With tears in her eyes, Krista let go of her need to be accepted by the world and embraced Jesus as the Lord of her life. God is on the move through the Todd Becker Foundation as they faithfully present the gospel to high school students across the Midwest, influencing students for Christ. God is doing something right now. My Bridge Radio, celebrating God at work among us. Share your story and join the conversation in the Connect Now section at mybridgeradio.net. Blessing, we've talked a bit about the loss of your eyes. We haven't talked about the gift of your music a whole lot yet. So, <laughs> so, so when, is that, when did that come to the table? When did uh, you begin Man. to recognize that uh, you had this ability and not just hunger? <laughs> I mean, lots of people love music, right? Lots of us try to sing. I was singing the other night in my shower, right? Left, but, uh, How did it sound? Yeah, yeah it's just between me and Jesus and my wife. So, hey, anyway. listen. <laughs> Uh, uh, a joyful noise doesn't have to be good. It Amen. Just has to be joyful. All right, I got I got that one down. Yeah. So yeah. So when did you recognize that? Hey, not only do I love music, but uh, God's kind of blessed me with an ability that might lead to some things. Man, it's funny because uh, the Im- I'm from the immigrant mentality is not to do music. <laughs> you know, like when I came to America, my uncle's an attorney. Uh, my dad and mom owned, owned businesses back in Nigeria. My brothers are all in these very like concrete, um, you know, go to school and get the degree and then get paid kind of careers. And then I remember the conversation of me going, Hey guys, I think I want to be a songwriter, you know? And then it didn't go well, <laughs> to be honest. It wasn't, it wasn't met with like rave reviews, but we all love music back home. Yeah. And when I came to the States, I remember this tiny little, like, Casio piano I got at my at my mm. at my house at the time and I would plunk out little melodies and and I think my uncle was like oh, okay so he, he he has an affinity for this that's cool and then uh in third grade as one does I I had a friend who was into karate and and this was before I lost a ton of the vision and I said to my uncle hey can you sign this form that'll let me take karate lessons and my uncle's answer was like so wait, you want me to sign this thing that lets people kick you in the face? <laughs> and I was like, yes, please. <laughs> and he was like, no. And like eight-year-old me was like, you're the meanest uncle ever. I can't believe you don't want me to do what I want to do. You know. What I mean? um, but like after that, we, we got a piano at the house. And I mean, of course, your parents know best, you know, so um as I had the accident in my right eye that took a lot of that vision, I put all that energy towards the piano. I have a baby grand piano right over there. Not the same one, um, but it's like immediately it just became apparent that, you know, there was something there. Um, and that was probably like fifth, sixth, seventh grade. And I remember the moment where I was like, I think I want to do this for a living hmm. because I would say no to, high school parties. I would say no to so many things just to sit at the piano and, and play endlessly. Um, 
And when I, <laughs> when I had the conversation with my family, because my uncle has a law firm in Florida and the, the, you know, the strategy was for me to become a lawyer, join that firm, take over the firm at some point. You know what I mean? Like that's the, the dynasty move. And I was like, Hey guys, I'm going to write songs. <laughs> and that was, <laughs> but here we are and everything's fine. <laughs> You're writing <laughs> songs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's so good. So, uh, blessing the first time that I, got to know you uh, from a distance. Lots yes, of people sir. did, which was through the voice, right? So I don't want to spend, yes, sir. I don't want to spend a lot of time doing that. That was been a number of years ago. Now. <laughs> your life is so much more than that. Uh, but uh, we'd love to hear a little bit of your experience. The, um, the voice was, I think, one of my first times on national TV. And it was so surreal. Um, just to, to be somewhere. And, you know, it's probably one of the first times someone said, hey, are you blessing off and I'm like, I think I am. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I feel like him, <laughs> but like, why do you know who that is? You know what I mean? So it was, it was uh, surreal for, for lack of a better word. Um, and then after The Voice, I was like, you know, the day before The Voice, I was a songwriter and a singer. And, you know, I'm just going to go back to doing kind of the, the grunt work, the, mm. the day-to-day work of perfecting your craft um, and let that, speak for itself and so you know there's just something in me that was like okay cool this is fun but like we can't be defined by a stint on the voice and uh you know i was just i just was having a coffee with a friend of mine and i said you know you can either spend your time you know being a social media expert or you can spend your time on music and be good at your craft and my my habit has always been to be good at my craft and let the rest handle itself and Man, I remember after The Voice, I was like, oh, my God, I was on The Voice. What do I do now? And I was like, no, Blessing, sit down, be humble, <laughs> go back to the piano because that's where it starts and write songs because that's where it starts, you know. So, um, but, man, getting to hang out with Adam and Pharrell and, you know, uh, Gwen Stefani was on my season. Um yeah, you, yeah, you rejected her. It was, yeah. <laughs> you said no to Gwen, right? <laughs> I said no to Gwen. Yeah, it was, it was Gwen and, uh, and Adam, and you chose Adam. Yes, and I chose Adam. You know what I mean? It's but he's he's Adam Levine, but also she's Gwen Stefani. It was right. hard choices, man. Oh, I'm bad. <laughs> so it was good. tough choices. Yeah, yeah. So good. So blessing. I want to uh, ask you a question that that. Uh, you know, it's interesting because we live in a time right now that I never would have foreseen as far as yes. the various attitudes specifically about America, right? There's yes. there's a very wide range of perspectives right. of uh, people have on this country. So yeah. just, I'm curious for you. I mean, you were born and initially raised in Nigeria. Yes. You've yes, been sir. in the States here for quite a while now. But yes, uh, I'd love to hear your what's your perspective of America? Man, I I have a lot of friends who who are very like, uh, you know, wonderful, wonderful Americans who were born here and, and love America. And I always say to them, hands down, you don't love America more than I do. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, you don't, nobody in the water who's always lived in fresh water loves that water more than someone coming out of the desert, so mm. to speak. Right. You know? And... So, oh, dude, I, (laughs) 
to 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 speak of it is is almost hilarious because I got so deep into American history. Like I loved in third grade learning about the the you know how Congress worked, how the bicameral House works. I know more about America than Americans know about America, <laughs> just because I'm that much of a, a of a geek about it. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, these are you know. I remember those videos about how laws get made. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, so, man, I you know this is a special place, regardless of uh, whatever anybody says. You'd still rather be here than anywhere. Amen. You know what I mean? So I. I'm a fan, to say the least. <laughs> to say the least, yeah. and and it's really just just because you know, call it immigrant mentality or whatever it is. But like, I came here. My uncle came here. He came here on a. He played soccer for the Nigerian national soccer team, and he parlayed that into a bachelor's and master's degree in social work, and then a law degree, and then has a law firm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so you know, it, it's definitely. What else do you? What else do you? want but a chance you know what i mean and, and america is nothing but chances mm. um and it's it's the kind of thing where it's like listen there are nothing is perfect mm. you know what i mean despite any of america's imperfections it's still there's nowhere else in the world i want to be personally so yeah what else you know i always say point me somewhere that's perfect and you know <laughs> let's go <laughs> but until then let's stay here <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> Hope-filled, Jesus-focused, commercial-free. You can connect with MyBridge Radio anywhere you go. Open the MyBridge Radio app and press play. Or click listen live at mybridgeradio.net. So, Blessing, you, you've made the decision, from my understanding, to say, you know, I don't, I don't want to be known as a Christian artist. Mm. Um, I want to be known as an artist. So I, I would love to have you unpack that a little bit for us today. What, yes. kind of, how do you process that and come to that conclusion? You know, I, I feel like for whatever reason, we love to categorize things, Christian artists, uh, whatever the case is, pop artists. And like, I, I'm an artist who loves I don't know if you can hear the storm out there. It's like monsooning outside. I'm an artist who loves Jesus, right? I love Jesus whether I'm singing, uh, what a friend we have in Jesus, or I'm singing like a love song. Uh, and I always say like, wouldn't we rather as believers put out songs that have redemption and, uh, and uh, like good values in them in the mainstream world for people to listen to rather than you know, only put out this one type of song and then leave the rest to the world to sing about. So it's like uh, my my personal kind of barriers is if my dad can't listen to it, I can't put it out because mm. that's just, it's not possible. But that leaves you so much freedom. You know, like my dad loves Motown. <laughs> my dad loves jazz. And so it's like just the idea that we have to be in this box of, worship and Christian and don't sing about anything else. You know, I don't know why, I don't know how we came to that. And I, I feel strongly that uh, singing a song that is, you know, even if you're singing a love song, what is, what is the original love? What's the ultimate love but God? Um, and I think there's a way to do music where like when I write a song, I'm not writing for my Christian audience or my non-Christian audience. I'm just writing for people. You know, and 
I love the idea that I can take Tin Roof and sing it at a bar and the bar quiets. And the bar goes, that was really powerful. What was that? What, what shifted this mood? That's really what I love to do is, is sing songs for everybody and sing songs that can transcend the categories and the boxes we put ourselves in. If I can do that and if I can sing those types of songs and write them well enough and God willing, uh, sing them in front of the people that need to hear them the most, then is that not being a, a is that not a ministry in and of itself? You know? So I think, you know, that's kind of my, that's the way I think about it. And I think it might have to do with just coming from where I come from, where not everybody in your immediate circle believes everything you believe, you know, like our, my cousins on Fridays, they'd go to mosque on Saturdays. We'd all play together on Sundays. We'd go to church. Hmm. So it was very much like, this is the world. Uh, and so I, I want to make music that any and everybody can listen to and go, there's something there that I can't put my finger on that I need to hear. So that's, that's my heart. So blessing the song that we're playing quite a bit here on my Bridge radio. I'm sure lots of other places are as well. The brighter days. Yes, yeah, sir. Thank to, you yo, so much. Absolutely. Yeah. So we'd love to kind of hear the heart behind that song. Like where'd that come yes, from sir. and what's the message that you're communicating? You know, it was, that song was kind of a risk because if you say to somebody, Hey, I know there's going to be brighter days. It sounds a little mm. cheesy. You know, it sounds a little, like I said earlier, flippant. Um, but if you say to somebody, here's what I've been through, here's the mountain I've climbed, here's how low I've been, and here is what I took from it, and I know there are going to be brighter days. If you say that with enough uh, cachet, personal experience, like knowing, so to speak, then all of a sudden saying to somebody that there are going to be brighter days is a very, very deep personal thing to say to somebody. And I wanted to write a song that did that. And that didn't just say on a surface level, it's going to, everything's going to be fine. You know? So the chorus I love just because it, it does say with so much emphasis that like, whatever it is you're going through, it's going to be okay. There is hope. And in the verses, you know, uh, we're not, a we're not afraid to, to, to really paint a picture of, of the darkness people can be in at any given moment. Um, for me, that's the kind of song, again, that I can sing anywhere and anytime. And people, no matter what uh, their, their faith situation might be, can say, yeah, I, I, I've been there. You know? And then you open up a relationship. And then you can have conversation. And then you can be humans together. And because as far as I know, like Christians are still going through human things. You know what I mean? So if I can say to another human being, it's going to be okay. That means a lot to them. And they would, they then go, okay, well, like, why would you say that? And I can say, well, you know, I don't know where you are, but here's what I've experienced and here's what I believe. And then there's your conversation opener. So really brighter days for me is an honest testament to what I've been through and, and just the, the true answer, which is that it, there is an ultimate goodness. It is going to be okay. Um, it's just a matter of time. So blessing, uh, you know, we have the opportunity to have this conversation via Zoom. So the MyBridge Radio family, yes, they can't, uh, they can't see, but I can. I can. You got a get. <laughs> you got. You have a guitar in your hand, and so I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. And uh, uh-huh. uh, is there a song that is not released right now? 
that uh, you're kind of excited Ooh. about that you'd be willing to play a little bit for us. Give us a taste There's of There's so many songs. <laughs> There's so many songs. Okay, hold on. Let me think about this. This might be kind of fun. <laughs> You know what? This is, this is where I have to be a good artist and say, if I do this, my A&R is going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to demure. <laughs> I'm going to say, hey, I'm going to be good and not get in trouble. Here. <laughs> no teasers, huh? Yes, yes. I, I, <laughs> I know what's going to happen. Samantha's going to be like, why did you give away that? So I'm going to kindly, <laughs> respectfully say, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right <laughs> i wish i could all right gonna, I, te- I, I i almost had you there <laughs> you know what i really really thought about it there's one in my head ah oh, but i better not <laughs> see i think i that's, gotta behave i think that's god right there i think <laughs> i think that's the spirit of discernment <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I'm curious, blessing, uh, it's always interesting to think, you know, as, as we have conversation with artists and think about the, the songs that they sing and the impact that they have on other people, is there a song that, uh, whether it's one that God gave you mm. or one that you've heard someone else, God gave somebody else that was pretty pivotal for you, that God met you in it. It, it ministered to you deeply mm. at, a, at a critical point in time, just that right song at the right time. I love hymns. Mm. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of just the classics. Like, um, what a friend we have in Jesus is one I played so much as a kid. Uh, let me see. Uh, I would sing How Great Thou Art. And I think what I love about these songs is just that, like, there is those words almost feel like scripture. So powerful. It's like, what a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. All our sins. What a privilege to carry everything. That, like, oh, you can just, not to be cliche, but you can chew on the, those lyrics for so forever you know um have you found have you found a friend so faithful who in all your sorrows share jesus knows your every weakness take it's never ending the the wisdom the truth the poetry like on so many levels those are beautiful lyrics so i you know hymns are hymns are where i just love to live always so blessing is uh as i let you go here first of all just thank you so much for the time today absolutely but uh what's next uh, like what's on the horizon for a blessing that we can kind of look forward to mm. well uh you know brighter days is is kind of doing its radio thing there is a the full ep comes out february 25th i hope everybody will pre-save this is my spiel <laughs> pre-save pre-add pre-do all the things um, there's a song on the EP called Believe that I'm very excited about. Um, you know, it's it's uh, my, I think I said to Samantha, it's my, it's my uh, what did I call it? It's my call to arms, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's a song, it's a, it's a worship song, and it's just this questioning song. You know, like I said, I'm, me and God meet intellectually, so it's my questioning to God. You know, and I'm really excited for people to hear it because I think it's it's kind of in the spirit of not casual, triumphant worship. It's this very humble asking 
Um, because I think asking is beautiful, but I think God welcomes our questions. So I wrote that song and I'm particularly excited for people to hear that. Hopefully a tour soon, more music, more stuff, more people. Um, I don't know if anybody listening has done the Enneagram, but I'm a seven. So I energized by, by humans. So I just can't wait to meet everybody on the road. Um, thank you guys for loving the music, for caring enough to even be interested in my story or me personally. I, I wake up on a daily basis, utterly humbled by all of this. So thank you. Amen. All right, brother. Well, thank you so much for the time. So appreciate it. Thank you, sir. So was I right? Do you have a big old smile on your face? I know one thing for sure. Personally, I couldn't get enough of Blessing Offer. He is so genuinely himself, just at ease with the story God has written and is continuing to write for him. I'm feeling really challenged by this conversation to dig into what I'm allowing to define my contentment day to day, my circumstances or my God. If you want to hear more from Blessing Offer, give his newest album a listen. It's called Brighter Days. And as always, to hear more from MyBridge, tune into your local MyBridge radio station, listen online with our app at home through your smart speaker or on mybridgeradio.net. Thanks for listening.